1: NFL fans, welcome back to another edition of the Fans First Sports Network's Draft Recap Show. I'm Jeremy Betts, joined as always by Andrew Wilbar. We're going to talk more divisional breakdowns where we look at every team's draft and talk favorite selections, best values, and more. Today is all about the NFC West. Andrew, we're back again, man. How are you doing? Doing well. This is the last one. The last one. It's going to be fun, man, because this is a crazy division with a team that made the NFC championship down to teams that we could be thinking maybe are going to end up with the first overall selection. Arizona Cardinals. Here's looking at you. We'll talk about these teams all in a row here on the NFC West draft recap show. But Andrew, let's just get an overall idea of how you felt about this division's draft group as a whole and how they did.
0: It's another one of those divisions It's hard to get a feel because you had San Francisco who didn't have a pick for so long, and then they used one of the third-round picks on a kicker, which I have an interesting take we'll get to in a minute. But overall, you have a lot of teams that either had a lot of picks or a lot of teams that did not pick until later but still had a lot of picks. So it's very interesting to see how these teams addressed different issues. The Seahawks, I think, were the biggest surprise. We all thought they were going to go defensive line or edge rusher. Then they take corner which looking at their entire draft, seeing how they were able to address the other positions, doesn't necessarily look like a bad move anymore, but definitely interesting to see, especially with two teams kind of in that rebuild mode with Arizona and Los Angeles. We'll see if they have their quarterback set for now. Maybe they are both going to be in play next year for a quarterback. We'll wait and see. We will wait and see,
1: but right now we're going to talk 2023 draft results, and we're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals, the team in the desert. Andrew, they had a polarizing draft. We'll talk about it here. With their first selection, ended up being pick six in the first round after a a whirlwind of trades. Uh, They selected Paris Johnson Jr. offensive tackle out of Ohio State. As the draft process moved along, it became increasingly clear that the Cardinals were looking to upgrade the offensive line, especially left tackle, and they went with the big boy out of Ohio State, a guy we got a chance to interview actually on our other show, the Steelers Fix on the Steel Curtain Network, a really good guy. I think he'll be a good player for a long time. Cardinals make that selection in the first round. In the second round, they went with outside linebacker BJ Ojolari out of LSU. Two third round picks, Garrett Williams, cornerback, Syracuse, and Michael Wilson, wide receiver, Stanford. And then in the fourth round, John Gaines, the second offensive guard, offensive center. He's going to be versatile player in the NFL out of UCLA. Fifth round, Clayton Toon, quarterback out of Houston. And then also in the fifth round, Owen Papo, Auburn inside linebacker. Lots of picks for the Cardinals here. Two six-rounders here as well. Kytrell Clark, cornerback out of Louisville, and then rounding out their draft class was defensive tackle Dante Stills out of West Virginia. We're going to break it down now, Andrew. Let's talk about your favorite selection.
0: I'm going with B.J. Ojolari. I wasn't quite as high on him as I was his brother Aziz not too long ago, but I will say, B.J., he's got some of the same bend. Maybe not quite as elite But he's got a lot of bend, a lot of twitchiness around the edge. Not the biggest edge rusher, but in a 3-4 that the Cardinals are going to be aligning in, he's a guy who's going to bring a lot of burst off the edge, a lot of versatility, can drop into coverage. Just has a natural feel for getting after the quarterback. And that's something you always want in your edge rushers. If he can stand to add a little bit more weight, that might help him hold up against the run. But overall, a just a pass rusher in and of itself. A guy that could potentially transform this Cardinals pass rush that has been lacking in terms of production the past few seasons.
1: Absolutely. Let's talk about that linebacker room just real quick. Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, and now B.J. Ojolari on the outside. That's athleticism for days. Can they figure out how to use it though? Those players haven't really panned out for them, but I agree with you. I think Ojolari was a good pick in the second round for them, especially after passing on Will Anderson in the first round, sending that third pick that they had where they could have selected him to the Texans to come back up and get Will Anderson getting Ojolari in the second round a good consolation prize for missing out on the top pass rusher in the draft let's talk though your least favorite selection for The Cardinals here, you went with the wide receiver out of Stanford, Michael Wilson. Why?
0: Yeah, I like Michael Wilson, just not as early as they took him. If it was late, like a midday three selection would have absolutely loved the pick. He's a bigger wide receiver. He's not the quickest off the line. He's going to get catch passes in traffic, and he does a good job of separating late in his route. The issue is that it takes so long for his routes to develop. We'll see how Arizona ends up using him. They needed to add some depth at wide receiver. So I understand the selection. Maybe they think he's going to be kind of that DeAndre Hopkins if they do end up moving him. Maybe that's what their mindset is. A bigger wide receiver on the outside, he's not very versatile. I felt there were a lot of better pass-catching options available. I thought it was a reach. I, I hate to say because he was a player that I was kind of pumping up as a midday three selection, yeah. but this was just too high.
1: I like him a little bit better than you do, just based on where I had him in the draft process. I think third round isn't bad value. I thought he had a really good senior bowl. I thought he stood out amongst the players there, and he did a great job against those senior cornerbacks that were there as well, trying to make their mark. And he he looked like one of the better players on the field on offense. So I thought he was a good selection for them, but when you talk about the other receivers that were available, when you talk about even some tight ends that, that were available that have pass catching chops writing with Michael Wilson was a little bit of an under the radar move for them. You didn't think that, that they would probably go that way. They did. He makes your, your list as, as your least favorite pick, but let's move on to best value here. And I like what you got here. Cause I love me some John Gaines the second out of UCLA. Tell us why he's your favorite value.
0: Yeah, he didn't necessarily have the greatest tape from game to game. But I will say one thing about him. He's not the guy you would expect to be a, a superior athlete. When you watch him on tape, That's I would say it's probably my biggest concern with this game because the tape doesn't always match the... Athleticism, but when you do watch him, he's a good mover. He's not always the quickest out of his stance, but once he gets going in the right direction, he maintains a solid pad level and he does a good job just using his forward momentum of moving defenders off the ball. It's not fancy, but he does his job. And when you look at a guy who's got the athleticism he does, he has a chance to develop into a really, really high profile guard at the next level he's not versatile but if you want it you can plug and play him at left guard first year you may have some growing pains but I think for a team like Arizona that's pretty young on offense outside of you know outliers like DeAndre Hopkins I think yeah. this is he can grow with this entire unit we'll see how much they dedicate to Kyler Murray long term seems like they're pretty sold on him so we'll see what happens but John Gaines is a guy keep an eye on the guy who could be a starter for them for a long time
1: do you think he could slide into center as well? I've heard a lot of hype about that. I've, I think he could be an athletic center prospect. If a team were to dedicate
0: their resources
1: to training him up in that area, I think he could be a good one. Do you see that? It's
0: possible. It's just so limited as to what we've seen on tape because I'm so used to seeing him at guard. Right. I didn't necessarily think of that during the pre-draft process. I don't think it'll happen immediately, but if they decide now we're going to work on – turning this guy into a center, he has the body type for it. So from that aspect, I can understand it.
1: All right, let's grade it, and Andrew. What you got?
0: Well, 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 I'm going to go for, with a C plus, And the reason I go with a C plus, I, I mean, I like the Paris Johnson pick. I like B.J. Ojolari. Garrett Williams, he's a decent scheme fit, but again, was not the best corner available, in my opinion. Wasn't really even close to the best corner available. And then you're looking at guys like Michael Wilson, we already mentioned, Clayton Toon little bit of a reach in the fifth round. I know I'm kind of getting nitpicky here. Oh, Papa wasn't bad. Control Clark and Dante stills. I guess I wouldn't hate it now that I'm looking at it. I'm, I think I'm going to slide up to a B minus. Okay. Because yep. I really don't hate any of the day three selections. I just feel that with the n- number of picks they had, they did miss out Paris Johnson. You could argue they could have gone, should have gone corner there. Yeah. Tackle was a need, but was it as big a need as corner? We can go back and forth on that. But I thought there were some areas they hit maybe singles or doubles when they had an opportunity to hit home runs.
1: I definitely understand. I was going to give it a B. So that makes sense that you would raise it up a little bit. Just it's solid class. It's not flashy, but I think what the Cardinals needed most of all was players that have some upside on this roster and Paris Johnson jr. Could easily be the best tackle in this draft class. Ojalari could develop into a really good edge rusher uh, in a three, four scheme garrett williams has he has some tools i mean i understand not loving him as much as some of the other players he's a little bit smaller but he's a sturdy guy he hits he plays a physical brand of football out of syracuse so i liked him a little bit as well right around that that B B minus range feels like a good spot for the cardinals and they're going to need all of these players to step up and be valuable contributors for them if they want to kind of get out of the cellar where it seems like their talent poor roster overall is leading them in 2023 we'll see let's jump to the los angeles rams who are coming off the worst title defense in nfl history andrew can we expect a bounce back from the rams it's going to be interesting to see but when you take a look at their draft class they didn't have a first round selection so they wait till. Day two to make their first pick, and with that first selection, it was TCU offensive guard Steve Avila, a player that many of us liked. You and I both liked Avila heading into the draft process. You've got Byron Young, the other Byron Young. We talked about one in the AFC West discussion that the Raiders selected out of Alabama this is the edge rusher out of Tennessee who lit up the combine looks like a really athletic bendy player who could really affect quarterbacks at the next level they went with him with their first pick in the third round their second pick in the third round was defensive tackle Kobe Turner out of Wake Forest and then in the fourth round they went quarterback out of Georgia another Georgia quarterback in L.A. It's Stetson Bennett there to back up Matt Stafford. And then in the fifth round, good grief here. I'm looking at it now four fifth round selections for the Rams. That's crazy. Nick Hampton, outside linebacker, Appalachian State. Warren McClendon, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Davis Allen, tight end out of Clemson. Puka Nakua, wide receiver out of BYU. And then in the sixth round, three selections there. Travis Hodges Tomlinson, cornerback out of TCU. One of my favorite late round prospects, a defensive end out of Nebraska, Oshawn Mathis, and then Zach Evans, running back out of Ole Miss. Before three more seventh round, Do we selections. need to take a break. We might need to. My head is gonna explode. My ears are smoking. What a class! Ethan Evans, punter out of Wingate, and then Jason Taylor the second out of Oklahoma State, a safety, and then Dejuan Johnson defensive end out of Toledo in the seventh round man this was a class and a half Andrew where do you even start let's talk about your favorite selection
0: well for a team that did not really care about draft picks for so many years all of a sudden they went haywire I'm gonna go with the guy that you and I interviewed for the steel curtain network Kobe Turner we loved interviewing him such a fun guy so he's got a good head on his shoulders he's just very light light personality Absolutely love him. Man. This is the perfect situation for him. You, when, one thing you can say about the Rams draft, I didn't love all their picks, but I will say their picks make sense for guys they already have. And one of them is Aaron Donald. Kobe Turner had a faster three cone time than Aaron Donald. That goes to show his athleticism. He yeah. is a extreme athlete and he's a little bit bigger than Aaron Donald too. At six foot three, 293, but this is the perfect situation for him. He can learn under Aaron Donald who's threatened retirement at times. I hate to use the word threatened, but, As a Rams fan, that's the way I would take it. Right, Uh, You don't want to hear that out of Aaron Donald, but putting a guy like Kobe Turner, he's not going to compliment Aaron Donald. You may not even be able to use them on the field together because neither of them have great size, especially when the Rams are in their 3-4. But if learning under a guy like Aaron Donald, who he kind of molds his game after and kind of has to because of his size, I think this is the perfect situation for him to go to. Uh, I really like the Kobe Turner selection. I think... That there there's obviously some risk for a guy who does not a great pass rush production and a guy who just that body type that, you know, he could easily be out of the league in two or three years. I think this is the situation for him to thrive. I think this is a good spot for him to learn under Aaron Donald. And if he turns out, you're looking at a pro bowl defensive tackle. Yeah.
1: I would find it really hard to pick a favorite here. Steve Avila, Byron young, Kobe Turner, Nick Hampton, Davis Allen, travis hodges tomlinson in the sixth round i I like a lot of their selections i really do let's talk though your least favorite selection for the rams you actually went with that quarterback out of georgia stetson bennett tell us why
0: yeah again this is one of those picks i don't like but i understand because that's the perfect situation for stetson he's going to work with a quarterback from georgia matthew stafford he is going under a quarterback guru And Sean McVay, this just seems like that guy that Sean McVay is going to turn into something more than what anybody really expects. Yeah, it it just you get that sense with Stetson, though, there's the off field concern. I did not have him anywhere graded anywhere near this high, partially just because of his stature. I questioned his arm strength until the combine. He surprised me with some of those deep balls. I didn't know he could throw the ball that far. So I was impressed in that aspect. I don't know why they didn't, he didn't use that arm at Georgia. He just threw primarily stuff underneath. I guess he didn't need to necessarily, but I just didn't love it based on a value standpoint. Maybe they were afraid he was going to be gone, but it's not like they didn't have any other selections. They couldn't have taken him later. They had plenty of fifths, sixths, and sevenths. So yeah. yeah, I felt like if they were going to take him, they could have gotten him later. I could be wrong on that. Obviously, if he's the guy that McVay sees as a potential starter down the line, you you take him. So sure. I understand it from that standpoint. For, but for me personally, I did not have that high a grade on Bennett. So that is why I'm knocking this one as the worst pick.
1: You're right. It did make a lot of sense that they drafted him. And you could even say that it made more sense after that. The fact that they brought Baker Mayfield into their team last year uh, to compete for starter snaps and who actually won a, a game for them in prime time and, and electric fashion. It, he kind of fits that mold of a Baker Mayfield to me, he's got that edgy it factor, if you will. He's a leader. He's he's a winner at the college level, and and you know he had stats. He played on a juggernaut team as well, specifically on the dif- defensive side of the ball. But he made a lot of plays himself. I think he could be a, a much better quarterback at the NFL level than many give him credit for. But in a draft class like the Rams had, hard to pick one that that you really hate, but. A little bit of a head scratcher, especially in the fourth round where you thought maybe he could be available still in the fifth, sixth round, potentially a little bit uh, of a reach for sure. Let's talk value, though, since we're on the subject and you went with Byron Young, even though they selected him with their second overall pick. It was still in the third round. Tell us why you like the selection of Young in the third round.
0: Byron Young's is just a guy he consistently from week to week during the college season was flashed on tape. When Jeremy and I would do our kind of stock reports for during the regular season. We were going doing our two minute drills on the Steelers fix. It seemed like every week we were bringing up Byron Young is the guy, whether yes. it was tackles for loss, sacks, whatever the case may be. He was always making an impact. The guy is quick off the edge. Again, not a guy with necessarily elite strength, but he has good size. He's a perfect outside linebacker for what the Rams need. I think he's an excellent schematic fit and getting him in the third round where they did as mid third round i thought he could have gone earlier yes you could have made an argument he was worthy of a second round selection i know it was a deep edge rusher class and that was why he fell but i think they got a really good value here in the third round i think they have a starting edge rusher for the next eight to ten years
1: i agree with you fantastic value there let's grade it andrew what you got
0: I'm going to give them a B plus. I originally had it as a B, but looking at some of those picks, I like the V-list selection. They found guys in the trenches and up front that are going to be able to help them going forward. They found schematic fits. Wasn't a fan of the Hampton or McClendon selections. I felt they really missed out cashing on some of these late-round picks. There were some good talent available. But still, overall, I felt they might have come away with a few starters, so I'm going to give them a B plus.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go A- just because I reeled off a, a list of players earlier that I really liked. Um, I I mean I like the BYU receiver Nakua. I think he's got really really good talent, and I think he could be a player that makes waves for them early in in a receiver room that Cooper Cup and, and then what else he got you know. So he's got a chance to make waves.
0: One thing that I will mention on Nakua, another thing that kind of reminded me of the schematic fit he's going to be learning under Cooper Cup, who plays yeah. a similar style to nakua you know it's kind of the same thing with kobe turner and aaron donald they're finding guys that match what they already have and trying to emulate that and you know i trust mcveigh to do that i wasn't high on cup coming out of the draft so i, I maybe i right. can't speak on this one but i wasn't high on nakua either we'll see what happens but he does fit that same mold maybe that's what the rams see
1: yeah we will see how it turns out for the rams but They have a bevy of of players coming into their 2023 roster via the NFL draft, and we'll see which ones stick and which ones don't. It's going to be interesting. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit the 49ers and the Seahawks to wrap up the NFC West draft recap. Don't go anywhere. All right, we're back on the FFSN draft recap show Andrew, we're going to jump right into the 49ers here, a team that made it all the way to the NFC Championship before, man, just bad luck. Injuries, especially at the quarterback position, really derailed any chances they had of making a push to get to the Super Bowl in that game. But the 49ers, they're reloading. They're coming back with maybe the best coach in football, especially on the offensive side, and a group of players that, have a lot of intrigue to them so let's talk about their draft this team didn't have a selection until the third round so they had to sit through round one and round two and not make any selections but when they finally did they got a playmaker out of Penn State in safety Jair Brown who I really liked in this draft class at safety and some personalities like daniel jeremiah had him as their top safety overall that was a little bit of a stretch for me but still a guy who i think can come in and be a player that it makes an impact for them place kicker in the third round you don't see that very often they went with jake moody your boy out of michigan and then another third round selection cameron latu tight end out of alabama in the fifth round they had two selections daryl luter jr cornerback out of south alabama and then Robert Beale Jr., defensive end out of Georgia. In the sixth round, they went with linebacker D, winners out of TCU. And then three seventh round selections for the Niners. It's Braden Willis, tight end, Oklahoma, Ronnie Bell, wide receiver, Michigan, and then Jalen Graham, outside linebacker, Purdue. An interesting class, Andrew. Let's talk about your favorite selection.
0: I'm gonna go with Daryl Luter Jr. He's a guy that both you and I really like during the pre-draft process. He's a good mover. He's gonna be a good he's probably gonna play more on the outside than he will in the slot in the NFL. He has enough physicality to play the outside. He's gonna be a good man coverage corner. He doesn't necessarily have the greatest instincts. Those are gonna hopefully develop over time. But if you want a guy who can just man up against a receiver, cover him, mirror him down the field. Luter's your guy. He can move with them stride for stride, angle for angle, cut for cut. This guy's going to be able to stick with him on a, a lot of really good receivers on an island.
1: We got a chance to talk with Senior Bowl Director Jim Nagy about Daryl Luter Jr. And he mentioned a lot of the cornerbacks that were there at the Senior Bowl, but mentioned Luter as a guy who, who has a lot of those capabilities, like you talked about, guy he was keeping his eye on. He said, there's a reason we invite these guys, and he was worthy of his invitation. I think he showed that at the Senior Bowl as well. We'll see how it works out for the Niners here. Let's talk about your least favorite selection. It's actually the guy I was hyping up at the beginning, talking about Jair Brown out of Penn State. What do you not like about my boy?
0: He's slower than molasses in January. That's why. (laughs) Play speed, Andrew. Play speed. He does have better play speed. I will give you that. He's a decent open field tackler he's got good physicality there's just something about his game I don't like and also when you throw into the factor why did San Francisco have to be the team to bring him in because they have a better version of Jair Brown and his name's Talanoa Hufanga and he's a pretty good safety a good downhill safety Jair Brown can play free Hufanga can play strong I just don't understand it really, he is, he is a poor man in every version of the word poor man. Poor man's Teleno Hufanga. <laughs> and I just do not like the selection. I didn't care for him at Penn State. There's just something about his game that's missing. I can't necessarily put my finger on it. He's got decent instincts he can hit, but and it's not just the speed factor. There's just something about his game I don't like. He has the instincts, but there's a difference between that and being able to react and act upon that. And there's times when you watch him on tape, especially when he's going against some smaller receivers, he'll lose them. If they have the yeah. shiftiness, he can't keep up with that in the open field. So I think that's one reason why I'm just not as high on the pick. I thought there were better defensive backs. Well, I know it was a bad safety class, and they needed some help in yeah. safety, but Ja Brown was not the guy I would have expected him to take, especially with Antonio Johnson and some other guys still available.
1: All right, well, I guess I'll take your word for it here, Andrew, because I'm feeling like he was a good selection for the Niners. But let's move on to your value pick here. I've got some questions about <laughs> this. Andrew Wilbar, my Michigan man here. Is this uh, just a, a total homeboy play, or what you got for me? It's a, it's Jake Moody, your <laughs> top value pick.
0: reason I have this is not necessarily <laughs> based upon value. Oh, wow, I can't believe that Jake Moody fell to the third round. Not value in that standpoint. Because when I'm looking at the if I'm looking at their draft, I'm like, who am I really gonna go with for value? Like I already have Looters, my favorite pick. Like I wasn't high on Winters as some people. Beal makes sense, but he's extremely, extremely raw. I'm not a Ronnie Bell guy, even though I'm a Michigan guy. When you look at Jake Moody, though, when you're looking at a team that was not picking until the later portion of the third round, and we were talking about this throughout the draft process, this draft was not as deep, really any draft that there's been since I've covered the draft since 2016. It's just, it was not a good class. When you take a guy like Moody that I know it's a kicker in the third round, but when you're looking at a guy, you again, you're not picking until the third round. They got someone who was the best player at his position in the draft. Not every team could say that teams that had picks earlier, there wasn't a whole lot they could necessarily do at this point. And when you look at their roster, there weren't that many gaping holes that they necessarily had to fill. You look at one gaping hole they had. It was kicker. They did not have any answers at kicker. And you look at a guy like Moody who, you know, even in the college football playoffs saw him hit that really long field goal. He was not a distance kicker when he came to Michigan. He was accuracy guy. Quinn Nordine was the distance guy. As time went on, his leg continuously got stronger at Michigan. And he became really one of the premier kickers in college football. And he is dead on 30, 40, up to 50 yards. You can, he's money. Yeah. Money Moody. I mean, that's that that is <laughs> going to be his new nickname in San Francisco after a while. I think this guy has a chance to be a Pro Bowl kicker, not because necessarily the Michigan ties. I didn't like him when he first came to Michigan because I like my distance kickers, but he developed into that. And you saw him work. He you saw him put in the work. Very quiet dude. We talked to Brad Robbins during the pre-draft process and talked about how you know this guy never says a word. They're roommates in college, and he's like this guy literally never says a word to me at all. He never speaks. Yeah. He's quiet, but I mean. He, he's going to get the job done. And from that aspect, from a draft that's just very weird because they didn't have any high picks. Yeah. They got the best player in position, probably their biggest position of need. You could have argued placed on the offensive line, but their biggest position of need, they answered, and they got the best one at that position at the back end of the third round. And you're getting a potential pro bowler at the back end of the third round. From that aspect, I like the value
1: from that angle it makes it makes sense and you know for a team as efficient on offense as the 49ers are and as game breaking on defense as the 49ers are sometimes you just need a guy who can get out there and hit the layups and you're going to win football games jake moody as accurate as they come coming out of college and from a big time program as well i've heard jim harbaugh speak about jake moody as the best kicker he's ever seen especially at the college level so andrew i'll give it to you man but let's talk about the the grade
0: for this draft class though for the niners what you giving him i'm still giving him a c overall i wouldn't have necessarily taken (laughs) moody that high i'm gonna build him up but kickers don't necessarily need to go that high i went for a value pick because i didn't really have anything else and it's because they i do. didn't really love the draft as a whole i gave sure. him a C again i understand it. i like the moody selection just a little bit high looter i felt was an excellent selection in the fifth be and winters i understand but none of these guys are excellent selections per se Braden willis is a guy that you interviewed bell's a fit for shanahan but based on a cameron Latu at the end of the third round that was a reach they passed up on a lot of good tight ends jair brown felt there were better guys in the secondary i had a higher grade on looter who they got in the fifth than jair brown who went in the third so just didn't understand it from a philosophical perspective so for those reasons i'm giving him a c
1: i agree with you it's a c kind of a meh draft class and they took a kicker with their second pick in the (laughs) the class so and he has to be out of michigan as well and if you know anything about Andrew, and myself, he is Michigan. I'm Ohio State. That rivalry will continue anytime we get together. Let's move on to the Seahawks. Andrew, I think you and I both agree that they had a really good draft for the second year in a row. And I think they had the best draft in, of anybody in the league last year. That may turn out to be the case again here. Let's talk about their selections because. In the first round, they kind of went off script a little bit from what they typically do, and they selected Devin Witherspoon, cornerback, Illinois. All the, the the times that Pete Carroll has identified cornerbacks in the latter portion of the draft, you thought maybe that was something that they would try to do again here and, and maybe address pass rusher defensive line with their fifth overall pick in the draft. Instead, they go cornerback, and all of a sudden, they look like a, a team that's really good in the secondary, uh, especially at cornerback. When you pair him with Tariq Woolen, I think you're you're talking about a cornerback duo that is going to be really good. They're both physical. Witherspoon not necessarily up there with Woolen as far as size goes, but when you talk about their strengths and weaknesses, they're both very physical corners. They can run with anybody. They're going to be they're going to be really good for this team. And then. Coming back in the in the first round and, and adding at wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba, my top wide receiver in this class, fantastic selection there for them as well. Two second-round picks for the Seahawks turned into good players. Derek Hall out of Auburn, outside linebacker. Zach Charbonnet, running back out of UCLA. And then two fourth-round selections, Anthony Bradford, offensive guard out of LSU. Cameron Young, defensive tackle out of Mississippi State. Mike Morris out of Michigan in the fifth round, defensive end. Another Michigan prospect in the fifth round, Olu Oluwatimi, center. And then in the sixth round, Jarek Reed, the second out of New Mexico, before rounding it out with Kenny McIntosh, running back out of Georgia. Two running backs, two defensive tackles, two edge rushers. This was quite the draft for the Seattle Seahawks. Andrew, let's talk your favorite selection.
0: I'm going to go with your Ohio State guy, Jackson Smith and Jigba, with JSN, a a guy that was clear-cut, in my opinion, the best receiver in this draft. He's so quick, such a pure route runner. I know there's a concern because he didn't play much this year, and when he did, he didn't look good. But going back to the previous year, I mean, even Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson were saying that this guy is the best receiver on the team. So it just goes to show the potential that this guy has. You may not see great production immediately. One, because Geno Smith's the quarterback in a run-heavy offense. And two, you still have Tyler Lockett there as well as DK Metcalf. But I think if you're looking and you want an elite pairing for time to come, put JSN with DK Metcalf. That could be the best one-two wide receiver duo in the league. It wouldn't shock me at all.
1: Yeah, fantastic player. I, I love that selection for them as well. Let's talk about your least favorite selection for the Seahawks.
0: Cameron Young, defensive tackle. He just does not bring anything as a pass rusher at all. He was just one of those picks that's like, you you could have gotten a guy, maybe not Cameron Young himself, but you could have gotten another guy like this later on, and you're not losing anything. He's kind of that tweener in between a 3 tech and a zero-one. He can play either. He's got good play strength. But other than that, he doesn't flash to me on tape. He wasn't extremely productive. I just don't understand the selection overall. He's an okay athlete, but the it doesn't match the tape. So for that reason, I I understand it from the fact that they needed to add a defensive tackle. But I did not like the player Cameron Young.
1: It's such an interesting draft for the Seahawks because they pass on Jalen Carter with the fifth overall pick and instead go cornerback. And I mean, it makes sense when you look at it why they why they did what they did. But still, passing on. On a guy like Jalen Carter, and then coming back down the road and taking Mike Morris and Cameron Young, what what were they doing there? You know, they they pass on on the guy that has all the upside in the world, potentially a Hall of Fame player, and then they select these guys instead. It it, it didn't make a lot of sense from that perspective. If you look at it, so I agree with you. Cameron Young, a bit of a head scratcher as a selection. Let's go on to value though, Andrew. It's another Michigan man. And I have to agree with you here. Watimi getting him in the fifth round. This guy has, uh, he was the best center in college football last year and the Seahawks needed a center. So they get one in the fifth round. He could start for them in 2023 and be a really good player in, in a run heavy team.
0: Is that why this is the best value here? Absolutely. He's he, people got too caught up on the athletic numbers. And I will say, I was a little bit surprised. I thought he was going to test better myself, but when you just go back straight to the tape, this guy's tape was phenomenal this past year, both as pass protector and as a run blocker. And we'll just go back and watch the Ohio state game, watch him pave the way on those two big runs by Donovan Edwards against Ohio state. I mean, he was the one that could, you could have named him the MVP of that game the way that he protected and pass protection and the runs that he sprang. I mean, it was an excellent game for Olu. And that was just making manifest what we Michigan fans had seen the entire year. He was so solid. Michigan's offensive line was the stronghold of that team, and he was the catalyst for it. It Being that center in the middle, the communicator, the leader on that line. Got to talk with him briefly during his presser at the combine. Uh, Just a really cool guy. Not, you know, he's not necessarily the flashy personality guy, but he's the guy that's going to get the job done. And you can see that in his personality. He's a no nonsense guy and he's going to get the job done for Seattle. I think it's a great fit for him.
1: All right, let's grade it, man. It was a good draft for Seattle. What do you, what did you give him?
0: I'm going to give him an a minus. Like you said, I think Jalen Carter would have made sense because Pete Carroll knows how to work with strong personalities and guys with character flaws uh, but looking at it from a broad perspective, they still got potentially a CB one. They got a wide receiver one and they got potentially their starting center on day three. That end of itself is enough to give it a win. Plus Derek Hall. He's not too shabby as defense. And yeah. I like Zach Charbonnet as a running back. I just didn't think they needed to draft one that high, even with Kenneth Walker's injuries, but still great draft.
1: Yeah. We didn't even talk about Derek Hall and Zach Charbonnet, but there, I mean, those are players that project to have good impact for them. Pete Carroll loves his running backs. He went with Kenny McIntosh in the the seventh round as well, and they've been hyping him up already as as a player that they love, and they're going to enjoy his physical brand of of football for sure. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. A- here. Two first-round selections, the two second-round picks. They did solid work, and then they got some value in the the back end of the draft as well. A good all-round draft for them and you got to give kudos to their front office they know how to identify talent and then they have a plan when they go into the draft and they execute it and they've done so for several years now this is just the latest example a great draft for the seattle seahawks that's a wrap andrew that's going to do it for this edition of the ffsn draft recap show we're going to say goodbye from draft recaps but hopefully more to come from us on FFSN. We will keep you up to date about that. Don't forget to check out all of our other podcasts on the FFSN network, whether you like football, baseball, hockey, there's something for you through FFSN, and you're not going to miss a thing if you follow all of our different networks for podcasts. And that's, like I said, going to do it for us for Andrew Wilbar. I'm Jeremy Betts. Have a great day, everyone. Stop and check the models are